0: This is The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. David is the Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel Casa Grande in Casa Grande, Arizona.
1: You have lost ones that don't know the Savior, man, you ought to be praying for them continually. You've got issues in your life. We've got a country that is, man, just spiraling down in a heartbeat. And yeah, I read the Word and I know that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. Men are going to be lovers of themselves, proud blasphemers, boasters, disobedient to parents. I understand that's what the Word says. I understand that Jesus says that in the last days, it's going to be like the days of Noah. I understand that. That doesn't mean that I don't pray for our country.
0: What is man's responsibility in the work of God? God is sovereign, does that mean that we really don't have to do anything, we don't have to concern ourselves with God's kingdom? Absolutely not. We may not always understand the relationship between God's sovereignty and our responsibility, but the Bible clearly teaches that we're to respond to who God is and what He's doing. One way that we respond as Christians is through the medium of prayer. Let's join Pastor David in the book of Amos, chapter 7, verse 1, for today's study.
1: Amos chapter 7 verse 1 thus the Lord God showed me again. Amos is now saying, this is a vision that, that God has given me here. Now, some of these other things, these were woes, these were declarations, these were statements that he's making. But now he's saying, here's a vision that, that God is giving me. He says, behold, he formed locust swarms at the beginning of the late crop. Indeed, it was the late crop after the king's mowings. And so it was when they had finished eating the grass of the land that I said, O Lord God, forgive, I pray. Oh, that Jacob may stand, for he is small. So the Lord relented concerning this. It shall not be. Well, let's back up here. This form of locust comes and, and begins eating all of the crop, but he says this was a late crop after the king's mowings. Well, the way that works is, is you grow a crop and guess who gets to harvest your crop first? The government does. okay. So taxes come out of your paycheck first, right? Uh, it was the same way back then. So the king got to go through. He got to get the, 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 the mowing first. What's the second mowing for? That's for feeding the people. That's for the the benefit of the people, rather to eat or to sell. And so, after the king, after the tax money came out, before they were able to harvest the 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 wheat themselves, then all of a sudden, all of these locusts come in. And again, uh, he, he cries out, "Oh Lord God, forgive I pray. Oh that Jacob may stand for he's small. Remember Jacob and Esau, the two brothers, and you." Remember, even at that point in time, Jacob was the smaller one of the two. Uh, Esau was the big, the, the hairy one. Jacob was kind of the, the mommy's boy. Uh, Esau was, you know, he was, he was dad's man, you know, he, yeah, he's going to be he's the hunter. So, again, this whole concept, this idea, and as Amos cries out, Lord, save them, forgive them, he's small. And then in verse 3 he says, so the Lord relented concerning this, and he said, It shall not be. Where do you put the sovereignty of God and the petition of man in these kinds of things? Where do do we put, uh, again, this, this idea of predestination and man's prayers and man's intercession? I think we look right here and we see, you know what? They work together. We may not know how they work together, and it may not fit within our nice, tidy little box or our little diagram or or points or whatever we need to make. But, beloved, I think that it all works together. God is sovereign. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He's working His purpose and His plan out. But we read in the Scripture, don't we, how Moses prayed multiple times. God was going to do this, and Moses prayed for the people. And what does it say? God relented or God changed his mind. I don't understand that, okay? And I, and I preached it before about the fact, well, God wasn't going to do it anyway. He was just working on Moses to get Moses' heart right. And I'll tell you right now, I think that's a cop out. I think that's a cop out. Because I don't, because we don't understand it. We try to figure it out and we put kind of a lame way of bringing it about. What, what about when we read passages like Second Chronicles chapter 17, verse 14? The one that says, if my people. If my people. He says, if if you'll pray, if you'll turn from your wicked ways, all of these things, then I will heal your land. It depends, it sounds to me like there's some responsibility that, that you and I have. And all through the Word of God, we get this, where God says, if you will, then I will. I'm going to bless you if this happens. So, beloved, there's a great responsibility we have, even within, underneath that covering umbrella of the sovereignty of God. And God is going to bring judgment. We see that. We know that. Maybe this is a Time factor. Maybe what what's going on is just a, a delay factor here. But I do know that prayer is important. And about the time that we say, oh, you know, God is so sovereign, we don't even need to worry about praying about stuff because God's just going to do whatever God's going to do, then suddenly you have missed the point entirely. Do you have lost ones that don't know the Savior? Man, you ought to be praying for them continually. You've got issues in your life. We've got a country that is, man, just spiraling down in a heartbeat. And yeah, I read the Word and I know that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. Men are going to be lovers of themselves, proud blasphemers, boasters, disobedient to parents. I understand that's what the Word says. I understand that Jesus says that in the last days, it's going to be like the days of Noah. I understand that. That doesn't mean that I don't pray for our country. That doesn't mean that I don't pray for a president that's doing just about everything that i don't want him to do he's doing i i continue to pray for him he is still the president we need to honor that position we need to be praying for the leadership of our country we need to be praying for for the craziness over in uh the middle east and i i think that we get way off base when we uh and and listen i'm i'm a jokester some of you understand that you know to say hey let it start you know because uh, man that means we're quicker going to heaven no that, you know I I, I I i you know i sometimes my mind goes that way but i know that that's not the right way because i know that what god has planned peter tells us that he hasn't done all that why Because God is long-suffering, not wishing that any would perish, but that all would come to eternal life. So God is waiting. It's going to be his time frame, but it's going to happen. But I need to be praying in the midst. I need to be praying that I'm going to stay strong till the end. I don't know if you need to pray that or not, but I know that I need to pray that. Because I want to finish well. I don't want to get up to, oh, you know, hey, you know, he got right inside of the finish line and boom, he crashed. I don't want that. I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want that to happen to the body of Christ. I want us to stay strong. God shows him another vision. In verse 4, thus the Lord God showed me. Second time here. Thus the Lord God showed me. Behold, the Lord God called for conflict by fire. And it consumed the great deep, and it devoured the territory. What a what a horrible thing! You know, we've been speaking about the the incident of the nineteen firefighters, the the hotshots up in the uh, Prescott area, and the loss of their lives, and just what a horrible, horrible, horrible way to die that would be. And we're, we're talking here this great fire coming down. And so Amos said, "O Lord God, cease, I pray, for that Jacob may stand, oh that Jacob may stand, for he is small." and it says in verse six, "So the Lord relented concerning this. This also shall not be, said the Lord God. Then God showed him a third vision, verse 7. Thus he showed me, behold, the Lord stood on a wall made with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. Uh, how many of you know what a plumb line is? Okay. It's not getting in line to get plums off the tree. That's not a plumb line. Plumb line is used primarily, uh, it's used, it's still used even today. It's, It's a good way of telling if something is absolutely vertical. A weight on the bottom, usually with a point with a string going through it. And you can hold that there and just the weight and with gravity shows where the straight line is. And you hold that against a wall to see, is this wall straight or is it leaning or what? And so God has this plumb line and he's coming and he's saying, you know, I'm going to measure Israel with this. He says he came with a plumb line, a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I set a plumb line. Then the Lord said, Behold, I'm setting a plumb line in the midst of my people, Israel. And then he makes this grand declaration. I'm not going to pass this way anymore. So God comes and he gives this this plumb line, this this measurement that's here. He says, Now, with that measurement... You need to know, I'm not coming here anymore. I've got this plumb line. Beloved, I I think the plumb line is not only the Word of God, but I also believe it's the Holy Spirit of God that, again, is that plumb line in our life. Now, I don't know about you, but the way God works with me is when I start getting off kilter a little bit, the gentleness of the Holy Spirit comes and nudges and says, hey, son, straighten up, straighten up. Now, if I keep leaning and keep leaning... Sometimes I don't hear that voice as well because suddenly I'm allowing other stuff to fill my mind or I'm distracted from what God wants. The greatest thing in our lives is when we hear that initial wooing of the Lord is to straighten up then, is to straighten up then. That way, a little bit later down the line, he doesn't have to take a two by four to straighten you up, okay? You get so over, he says, I'm going to have to knock you back into place. The great thing is is a loving father disciplines his children. Amen? Amen. Okay. So he says, I'm not going to pass this way anymore. I believe because he says that plumb line is going to tell them when they're off and when they're on. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate. The sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. I believe at this point in time, God is saying that Israel is so far out of whack, they're so far out of the plumb line, that there's no remodeling that's going to bring it back. In fact, we're going to have to tear it all down. We're going to have to tear it all down. And sometimes you look at a house and say, I think I can remodel that. And you realize, no, it'd be a whole lot easier just to raise the whole thing and start all over again. And that's what God ends up doing with them. Verse 10 then Amaziah the priest of Bethel now Amaziah he is a he's one of the pagan priests of the, of the of the idol worship. He said to Jeroboam king of Israel saying, "Hey, Amos has conspired against you. In the midst of the house of Israel, the land is not able to bear his words. There's not tolerance for the truth. They cannot bear the truth that God is bringing judgment and what they're doing is wrong." And she says, "For thus Amos says, Jeroboam shall die by the sword. Israel shall surely be led away captive from their own land. Then Amaziah, this pagan priest, said to Amos, Go, you seer, flee to the land of Judah. Remember, Amos was from Judah, and he's prophesying against the northern kingdom, Israel. He says, Go back to the land of Judah. Go back there and eat your bread. Go back there and prophesy. But never again prophesy at Bethel, for it is the king's sanctuary. It's the royal residence. You're shaking up our boat here, man. You're you you're, you're causing trouble in the camp. Go go someplace else. Go someplace else and do it. But Amos said to him, he says, "I was no prophet, nor was I even a son of a prophet. I was just a sheep herder and a tender of sycamore fruit. In other words, a fig picker, fig picking sheep herder, non Okay." He didn't seek the job. God called him to it. He says, I was, I was just taking care of the fig trees, taking care of the sheep. My, my dad wasn't even a prophet. You know, it's not even in my bloodline. But in verse 15, Then the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said to me, Go prophesy to my people Israel. Now, therefore, hear the word of the Lord you're telling me don't prophesy against Israel and do not spout against the house of Isaac? And he uses, man, a very, man, he's going way back to Isaac now as he's describing the house of Israel. He says, okay, so listen up. You're telling me not to do that? Now listen up. Therefore, thus says the Lord, Amaziah, your wife is going to end up being a harlot in the streets. Your sons and your daughters are going to fall by the sword. Your land is going to be divided by a survey line. And you're going to die in a defiled land. In other words... You're not going to die in the land of Israel. I mean, Israel itself was defiled because of their pagan worship, but what he's saying is, no, you're going to be taken into a, a Gentile land. You're going to be taken into a, a foreign land, and you're going to die there. And Israel shall surely be led away captive from his own land. So I love how Amos didn't pull any punches. He just kind of said, hey, you tell telling me not to say this? Let me, say, let me tell you how it, it is going to be. He goes on. Uh, there, there's another vision here. This is now the fourth vision that God has given me. Thus, the Lord God showed me. Behold, a basket of summer fruit. And, and the idea of a summer fruit is the idea of this is this is late season fruit. This is this is probably very ripe, ripe fruit. Okay. And he said, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a basket of summer. Fruit, and then the Lord said to me, "The end has come upon my people Israel." It's interesting that word that He says, "The end has come upon my people Israel." There's kind of a word play between the Hebrew, "the end," and the word "summer fruit," and it's kind of like the Lord Himself was doing this word play with Amos. Here's a: is the end of the fruit season? Well, you know what? The end of the time of Israel, is going to happen right now. I will not pass by them anymore. Again, the same word that he said over in chapter 7, verse 8. I'm not going to pass by here anymore. I've worked with them enough. I've I've given my word to them. I've called for them to repent. I'm, I'm not going to try it anymore. It's no longer time to remodel. It's now going to be tear it down and rebuild. He says, the songs of the temple shall be wailing in that day, says the Lord God. Many dead bodies everywhere, they shall be thrown out in silence. Hear this, you who swallow up the needy and make the poor of the land fail. You're saying, when will the new moon be passed that we may sell grain? And the Sabbath that we may trade wheat in other words, these new moon festivals that God had given them back in the book of Leviticus, the the Sabbath that God had told them to celebrate, those were to be times that they celebrated and they worshipped God. And they drew their attention away from the, the busy stuff of, of industry and and, and mercantiles and, and selling and trading and farming. No, it's a day of rest. It's a day of focus. It's a day of man getting my heart right with the Lord. And he says, all you guys are doing is you're going through the motion. And through the whole time that while you're at church, you're trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do at work tomorrow? That's what he's saying. Uh, what he's saying is, while you're sitting at church at the at the meeting, you're you're wondering, hey, what are we going to have for lunch uh, later on? Uh, and I know that none of us do that, right? Uh, but that's that's exactly what he's saying here. You, 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 when will the new moon be passed? Is he ever going to get done tonight? Uh, That we may sell grain, or the Sabbath that we may trade wheat. In other words, they were going through the motions, while their mind was totally someplace else. You make the ephah small and the and, and the shekel large, falsifying the sales or the scales by deceit. That you may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals, and even sell the bad wheat, bad business ethics. In other words, they were they were they were, they, were, they were they were saying, you know, hey, you know, it won't really matter if I cheat a little here, cheat a little there, as long as I as long as I'm making a good profit from. Who am I hurting at that? And God says, you're you're hurting the needy. You're 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 literally you're you're destroying them. You're stealing from them. And so the Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget. Any of their works. Shall the land not tremble for this? And everyone mourn who dwells in it? All of it shall swell like the river, heave and subside like the river of Egypt. Where where's the river of Egypt? What's the name of it? The Nile River, okay. Now they're, granted, they're up in Israel, but there's no doubt that everybody in that whole region understood and knew, uh, particularly before all the dams and everything got put in the Nile, that man, as long as the Nile was down in uh, the, the southern regions of Africa and all the rains and everything that would happen in the mountains, that, that Nile River, by the time it got up in that, uh, that delta land, Man, it would just destroy stuff. It would wipe out things until they got control of it, and that's what he's he's saying. that it's just going to be this heaving, this uh, this this total uh, uh, wiping out of everything, and then it'll bring back. And you know what are the problems that they had is when when the Nile flooded like that, it left so much silt, and the silt they had to clear out before they could grow again. So that's what he's referring to. He says in verse nine, it shall come to pass in that day, the day of God's judgment. It will come to pass in that day, says the Lord, that I will make the sun go down at noon and I will darken the earth. In broad daylight I will turn your feasts into mourning and all of your songs into lamentation. I will bring sackcloth on every waist and baldness on every head and I will make it like mourning for an only son and its end like a bitter day. All of these things and... Again, the, even the, the psalmist speaks about when they were in captivity, that uh, their, 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 their songs weren't songs of joy, but they were songs of lamenting and crying out. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, verse 11, that I will send a famine on the land. But it's not going to be a famine of bread. It's not a famine of, of water, not a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro, seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. I wonder, it really, in even, even even now, I mean, we've got the blessings of radio. We've got the blessings of television. We've got the blessings of a multitude of ministries all over our nation, literally all over the world, that are proclaiming the word of God, that are proclaiming the truth of the message of God. But I also know that there's a lot of places that call themselves churches that they proclaim anything but the word of God. It's a it's a feel-good message. It's a uh uh you know anything and everything but really the, the strength and the power of God's word. You'll never go into that place and hear them speaking of the need to repent or the the reality that, man, you you might be harboring sin in your heart, that you you, you need to, again, check your own life. You'll never hear them say anything about God's judgment. Why? Because they want you to leave happy. They want you to have your best day today. They want you to be able to, to go through life just with everything's wonderful. But you know what? Sometimes I need to deal with my sin. Sometimes I need to deal with that rebellion of my own heart. Sometimes I need to be on my face before God, crying out to him. And we all do. And we need to hear what the word of God says. We need to hear what the plan and the direction that God is doing in all of this world so that we'll have a a burning desire to be able to share the truth of the gospel with those that we don't know how many days before the end draws and they don't have a chance again. And you know what? If everything's just wonderful and shiny all the time, then there's no there's no burden on my heart to share the gospel with anyone. There's 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 no there's no uh, uh, um, intenseness because the hour is late. No, it's just like every day is wonderful. Just go out. He says here there's going to be a time, man, they're going to run to and fro seeking the word, and they're not going to find it. In that day, the fair virgins and strong young men, they're going to faint from thirst. Those who swear by the sin of Samaria, who say, As our God lives, O Dan, or as the way of Beersheba lives, they're going to fall and they're never going to rise. Well, what's he saying? They're calling out to their idols. They're crying out to their idols to save them. And God says, you know what? You can cry all day to them, and they're never going to answer And Amos says, he sees another vision here. This is the fifth one. He says, I saw the Lord standing by the altar. Now the altar was located just right outside the entrance into the temple.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. Pastor David will continue sharing with us from the minor prophets next time. What we'll learn is that even though many of these books are quite short, They are full of important prophetic insights. Now, we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to TheOpenWord.com and follow the link to The Open Word Facebook page. You can also subscribe to The Open Word Podcast at TheOpenWord.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes Store. The Open Word Podcast is always available and completely free. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word Podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to TheOpenWord.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to TheOpenWord.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next study as Pastor David shares insights from the Minor Prophets. That's next time on The Open Word.